Hey everyone, Danny Jones, Singing News Magazine, and welcome to Danny's Diary. My guest today, as you can see, is John Epley of Greater Vision. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brother Danny. How are you? I am doing well. How are things in your world today? Well, you know, things have uh, got shook up a little bit today. Actually, I'm just kidding. No, we're still here at home, uh, like we have been for three months. So, Have, have you gone stir-crazy yet? I have a little bit here and there. Uh, we try to stay busy. My wife, you know, my wife has still been able to work. Uh, her job never shut down, which is good. But uh, we try to get out and, of course, we love to go hiking and just sometimes just get out and ride around the car, get a coffee and ride around just to get out of the house a little bit. I know. So, it's it's kind of like almost being a, a prisoner in your own home. But, you know, there, it is. there are some positive signs going on. So maybe before long, we'll all be back out there together. Of course, now, most folks know you from Greater Vision, but uh, Greater Vision is not your first rodeo in the world of gospel music. Most people got acquainted with you when you uh, joined your first full-time group, a little group called The Inspirations from Bryson City, North Carolina. Now, with that group, if I remember right, you sang baritone. Is that right? Or did you sing lead? I forgot. Yes, sir. Well, I started, I joined them in December of 2010, and I started singing baritone. Okay. See, I'm over 50 now. You you don't understand that that problem. I'm actually 54, and as I I have decided that the older the number, or the bigger the number gets, the memory gets a little smaller. So, I do <laughs> well, I'm I'm figuring that out. Okay. Well. Oh. Okay. So now you're saying you're old too? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, you were there with the inspirations and uh, spent some time with them. And then you did a, a little bit of a stylistic change uh, it, uh, with, the, with the next move that came along and a group called the Ball Brothers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sure did. And that, and that is, uh, that's, inspirations go this way, Ball Brothers go that way stylistically. It's, was, that a, was that a tough change for you to do? You know, uh, people who really know me know that that's, I mean, that's just me. Uh, I love, I love things that are different and love things that, you know, to do things that are variety and out of the box. So for me, that was very, uh, I enjoyed that. I got to do the inspiration style for five years. Uh, I sang baritone the first three and then Mike Holcomb retired. And so my last, uh, year and a half or so there, I sang bass. And so then, uh, the Ball Brothers contacted me, and uh, so, of course, I've known those guys since we were teenagers or younger. Our families used to sing together in camp meetings and stuff like that all the time, so, so, man, it was a neat opportunity for me to get to do that because it was out of the box for me and so different from the inspirations stylistically, and so it was, uh, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And then from there, your next uh, uh, role came as a member of the Lefebvre Quartet. So you kind of, you kind of moved into the middle a little bit. Yes, there. sir. Yes, and sir. Based with Mike Lefebvre's group. Uh, for how long were you there with them? I think I was with Mike and them for, I think it was only about six months. And I, I love singing bass. And Mike and them, they, stylistically, they're a lot like Gold City, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and of course they, you know, they have their own style and their, their own group, but they do a lot of gold city stuff that Mike did when he was there too. And so that really, that really stretched me a lot, uh, because I am no Tim Riley, no, uh, 
I'm, I'm no one that low, but I worked on it and I was able to get through. And, uh, and so I enjoyed that too. That was, that was another change of pace for me to try to develop that, uh, to sing that low. And I'll just mention here, I'm on my iPhone and I know zoom is supposed to be for a computer. So if it looks like I'm looking off into the distance, that's probably why I don't know exactly where to look. So, uh, it kind of reminds you, it somewhat reminds you of those old album covers from the 60s or, or even early 70s. It <laughs> would often look like this, you know, with their hands raised toward heaven. <laughs> That's right. It might just be better if I just talk like this the whole time. But no, if somebody thinks, man, that guy doesn't know where to look, you're right. I don't. So, uh, but Mike LeFevre, man, I love those guys. And Mike LeFevre is one of the, man, I just talked to him the other day on the phone, actually, because I just love talking to Mike. Uh, him and Jordan and those guys, they're just great guys. Uh, Mike is just one of the nicest people you will meet in gospel music. Just a, a true gentleman, a great guy. Yeah. So I really enjoyed being with him. You've had the opportunity to, to sing with uh, a lot of the, the people who really helped to shape gospel music as we know it now. Of course, the inspirations, you know, what a legacy they have. Uh, yes, Fever, a big, big, important part of one of the most well-known groups in gospel music, the Ball Brothers, who carved out a niche of their own. Yes, sir. Well, you're with another uh, groundbreaking group, Greater Vision. And uh, yes, what, sir. what some people don't realize is between Lefebvre Quartet and Greater Vision, there was a time where John Epley didn't sing much. And uh, why, why, don't you, why don't you fill us in uh, on that gap there? Okay. Uh, there for a little while, I, I just was – seeking the Lord. I wasn't sure what he wanted me to do. And I just felt like he was leading me to come off the road for a while. And so for about a year, I worked at FedEx. I drove a FedEx truck. I was the guy that pulls up at your door and comes up and, you know, throws the package at the door. Uh, I tried to be careful with it, but that was me. So I did FedEx for, I think it was right out about a year. And, uh, and truthfully, I enjoyed that too. You know, just, uh, I like, I like things that keep me outside. So sitting in an office, that really wasn't much of a, much of a choice for me. I like to get out and do things. And so FedEx, man, it was, that was an interesting experience for me. You've got any great stories from any deliveries there? I'll tell you, there's a lot of things happen, but uh, I've, I've been chased by several dogs and I found out how fast I can run carrying a 50 pound package and it's pretty fast really? uh it's pretty fast with when you got a rottweiler chasing you down the street yeah. but uh <laughs> but you know that these these mornings that you would leave out a truck would come in late with your uh, packages so you'd have a truck full of about 100 stops get to the first stop and you pull out this happened two or three times and your uh, tire goes flat on your truck so you're just sitting there and there's 100 stops worth of uh packages on your truck and you're just waiting for somebody to come and change your tire and you're watching the time go by and you're thinking, I'm going to be out way past dark tonight. Yeah. So it was a, it was a, actually a stressful job at times, but you know, it taught me a lot of new adventures, a lot of new things. So yeah, it was, it was a neat experience. So tell us about the day you got the phone call from Gerald Wolf. Okay. That was a day I'll never forget. Uh, he, he actually sent me a text and he said, Hey, can we meet at Cracker Barrel? Which, man, that sounded great to me because there's two things I love, gospel music and Gerald Wolf and food. So those two things went great. So I said, 
let's do it. So we met up there at the Cracker Rail in Morristown and he kind of laid out for me, you know, what was going on with him. And uh, it was such mixed emotions for me because as a fan of gospel music and a fan of Gerald Wolf singing uh, to hear that he was, you know, that he was battling this thing with his neck muscles, that was, that's hard to hear. And I hated that. Uh, but then at the same time, I was like, man, what, this is just the, the honor of being offered that opportunity to come and join a group like that with three guys that are heroes to me. You know, I say a lot of times joking around, but they know it's true. Gerald, Rodney and Chris, you know, they're just, they're, they're the best of the best uh, musicians and songwriters and singers. Uh, it, it was an incredible opportunity for me. So yeah, mixed emotions at that point uh, because you know, you hate to see that happen to someone, but then the opportunity for me uh, was just, it blew me away. Yeah. And here we are a little over three years since that uh, visit at Cracker Barrel. Yes, sir. And uh, is there something that, that you have taken away from these first three years as something that you did not expect, but has turned out so well that you almost look back and say, wow, I, I just can't believe this. Is the whole experience or is there a certain thing that stands out? Well, the whole experience is right. Uh, you know, I had no idea what to expect going in there because, you know, you see guys sing and over the years being with other groups, I had got to be on cruises with the guys and got to know them a little bit uh, through cruises and NQC and different events where we would sing with them, uh, some of the groups I was with. But Man, you just, you go into it, that, that first night, I went into it just thinking, man, what is this going to be like? You know, literally, we went, I went to Gerald's house and we got together with Gerald, Rodney, and Chris, and myself, and we sang three or four songs. And then the next day, Gerald said, let's see how that goes. And he said, go ahead and take the next day off work too. This is on Sunday afternoon he texted me that he said can you come to my house Tuesday and take off work I said sure he said we'll take off work Wednesday too because if it goes well we're going to go in the studio so I said all right sounds good so uh, Rodney sent me the tracks to the, the 10 new songs off the Steel album that they had gotten done and so on Monday I was in my FedEx truck Sunday night Monday I was in my FedEx truck with my earphones in I was running up to people's doors listening to those tracks trying to learn them so Tuesday, we got together, sang three or four songs. It went great. And Wednesday, we went in the studio. And we're in there for nine or ten hours, 11 hours, and did that still project, the vocals to it. And so, you know, that's really all I did with them. And the next thing I did was on stage in front of a 1,000 people in Springfield, Missouri. And so that first night, I mean, I was, you know, I usually don't get that nervous singing. I've, I've sung my whole life, but that night I was nervous because uh, I was like, man, what is this going to be like? <laughs> am I going to get up there and just ruin, you know, here's these people that have come out here. Am I going to get up there and all these people think, well, there went greater vision. It used to be good. Uh, you know, that's going through your head. And so that first night, it was shocking to me how receptive people were and how kind they were to me. Uh, and I was just so grateful and they have been so kind to me over the years, uh, the last three years. So I guess that'd be a big one for me is the fact that uh, I didn't know if I'd be able to just blend in with the group and keep it 
like it had been. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's as good as it was with Gerald. I'm not saying that in any way, but I think that we have been able to at least keep the style the same, keep the sound pretty much the same uh, so that it's still greater vision. And that to me is, that's what it's all about because that is an icon group with right. icon members. And so if we can just keep that, to, that sounding like greater vision, then that's, that's awesome. And apparently it's working well because uh, since you've been there, the group's had several number one songs. Uh, the, the, the appearances are still going well. And, you know, everything's, the, the momentum is still going well for greater vision. You know, when you were talking about your first night with the group, I, I got to thinking about how many times I've worked with uh, those guys and, and just watched Gerald and Rodney and Chris just, they just walk out to the microphone after the introduction, just like it's another day. We're going to do what we do <laughs> and we'll be done. You know, it's just like, yes, they just ease up to it, do their thing and walk off. Yes, and sir. It's just, uh, I do know uh, during all that time when um, you were going through the recording process and, and uh, I've still, uh, Gerald and I were talking about an upcoming uh, singing news cover for the group. And then oh. he was, he was very careful in what he said and didn't say. And he said, well, I, I might need to hold on just a little bit longer, but I think I've got something that's working really well and I'll let you know. And sure enough. Uh, and if we, if we were to go back and compare the timelines, I think he would have said, I think we can go ahead and plan on the cover the same day you recorded. Uh, your vocals for still. Now I may I may be wrong, uh, so give me that out. But if you go, when I think back to it, I believe we were talking about it that very week that uh, wow. we, were, we were recording. So, so thank you for for making it work because if you had not made it work, we would have had to ditch that cover and find something else. But yeah, and I'd have been in trouble because I lost my job at FedEx and I'd have been out here shoveling ditches or something. I don't know. So you would have been uh, John Epley, the soloist. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it would have been about the same response I've had the last three months. Oh, so, right. yeah. <laughs> you mentioned a little while ago that you like to do things outdoors. Now, uh, those of you that, uh, those viewers who follow you on, you, um, sorry, on uh, Facebook, they yep. see a lot of pictures of you and your, your wife uh, hiking, taking trips across the country all these yes. different things and you've got this big bundle of fur named chase oh man often yeah. in a lot of those pictures and uh you know it's uh so talk talk about some of the things you and your wife like to do on these uh, on the days off yes sir you know that's that's one thing uh it has been a bittersweet time because as a man it's hard for me not to be out there feel like i'm working you know, to provide for my family. So it's weird for me to just be sitting at home for this long. Uh, it starts messing with your head. You think, man, I'm a loser, you know, just sitting here, not getting anything done. But, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do at this point. But uh, it's also been sweet in the fact that I love being home with my family and I love every day that I get to spend with my wife. And, and you mentioned Chance, our golden doodle there. He's, he is a bundle of fur. He's something else, uh, but he's a good boy. But, you know, that's, we just enjoy spending time together. And whatever that is, uh, Tiffany and I, when we first got married, we actually went on the road for two years and sang together. And I preached and we sang for two years in evangelism. 
And that, that just drew us so close together, you know? Uh, and so we have just for 14 years, we've been married almost 14 years and it has been wonderful. Uh, we just love spending time together and it doesn't have to be extravagant things. Thank God we've got to do extravagant things like uh, cruises and Hawaii and Ireland and all this through the groups that I've been with. Uh, we went to Disney World for the first time in December. I'd never been there. Uh, I'm glad I went then because now I'd have to wear a mask if I go now. I don't think I could handle that. Yeah, uh, walking in Central Florida in the middle of June or July, that, that just doesn't sound real comfortable, does it? I can't imagine that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it doesn't have to be those kind of things for us. We just love going, like I said, going out for a drive in the car, going to the mountains and hiking. Uh, of course, we love Dunkin' Donuts coffee, so we get coffee and just go find a trail that goes to, to an overlook or and a, a waterfall or something fun. And that's just what we love to do. So uh, it's, it's a good time. So what brought you to the world of gospel music? What, going way back, what, what brought you here? Well, my family traveled and sang. We, we sang most of my life. And when I was a teenager, we went on the road full time. And so, and that's my parents still are full time evangelists, uh, singing and preaching. And so that's, that's what I've done. That's what I've known most of my life. I would take some time. I've, I've been to several colleges. Uh, <laughs> I, I would leave my family and go to college for a semester or two. And then I'd start missing the road. So I'd go back on the road and then I'd start thinking, man, I went off the road. Then I go back to college and then I think, man, I missed the road. So that was kind of my life growing up. Uh, but so that's, that's what I've always loved to do is sing. And it's just, it's just in my blood. My family has always sung. So, uh, and one of the groups, the number one groups that my family listened to was actually the inspirations. Uh, I mean, that was the group that, uh, that we probably listened to more than any other group when I was younger. And so, uh, so then get that, them getting to be my first full-time gospel group, that was pretty, pretty surreal. And then, of course, you go into the other groups I've been with, all groups that I have listened to and loved. So it's, it's just been, it's been a crazy ride for me, and I've loved every minute of it. Well, and, and it shows. Uh, uh, if you feel like you, you're having to get on a bus, being dragged up the steps, kicking and screaming, you know, it, it's, just, it's just not fun, you know. That's right. Yes. This, as you know, this is not the easiest lifestyle for anybody. All right. the late hours and you know all the things that go with it. Yes, it's a lot of fun, but it's it's not that easy. And that's you know, <laughs> right, right. It's not. But you know, one thing I'll say about Greater Vision: there's never a dull moment on that bus. Well, no. uh, and so that keeps it interesting. It keeps it fun. Uh, you know. I've heard Gerald say, and before I'd ever joined the group, I would hear Gerald and Rodney and them say, and Chris, man, we laugh from the minute we get on the bus to the minute we get off. And I thought, yeah, that's, that sounds good. But true. man, it's the truth. They do. And, you know, fortunately, every group I've been in, I've been able to have a good time with the, with the members, everybody. We've always had a lot of fun. And this group's the same way. They, these guys are, you know, Greater Vision is divided into, two, into three different classes of people on the bus. And I think a lot of groups are like that. You have your, what I call uh, the people, the stirs, the guys that carry a stir stick is what I call them. And that'd be people like your Rodney Griffins, uh, Scott Fowler. He, he, he has a, he's a stir is what I call him. They're the ones who instigate behind the scenes. And you know, you think they're just these 
nice, mild-mannered people who never get involved in all these crazy drama that's going on. But they're the ones behind the scenes instigating it, Brother Danny. Let me tell you. And that's what happens. So then you've got your participators. And I'd be like Gerald and Chris. So Rodney, he gets it going. And then he just sits back and Gerald and Chris, man, there they go. If you've ever been on our bus or you've ever been around us much, you know that's how it works. So you got your stirs, you got your participators, and then you've got your, what I like to call the, the innocent casual observer. And that would be me. Uh, they're the ones who don't, you know, I don't participate in stirring it up or any of that, but I love to just sit back and watch it. And uh, so, and that's me, the, the innocence is what I like to call them. So that's the, that's the groups of people on our bus there. Well, of so. course, you've also, one of my favorite stories in gospel music has to be the night that uh, not long after you started driving a little bit for the Greater Vision, that uh, you followed the Mark Trammell Quartet to the next date. And Mark basically took you all over the state of Florida just to go a few hundred miles. Yes, sir. You know, that's a moment I'll never forget. Uh, you grow up with people as being heroes to you. You know, the guys I sing with, uh, you're one of my heroes there, Danny Jones. Mark Trammell, man, he's a hero to a lot of people. And so I was no different. I mean, one of the greatest singers that's ever lived, uh, one of the greatest as a baritone singer, a role model to me. So that night, man, when we're sitting there at the gas pumps, the fuel pumps, and he said, John, you want to follow me? Uh, we just had about a two and a half hour drive. You know, that just inside of me, something I was just like, man, this is pretty neat. You know, my hero here asking, you want to follow me tonight? I said, absolutely, brother Mark, I'll follow you. And so, boy, we lit out and, and I, you know, I'm back there on cloud nine, just driving the bus. And uh, we come to the turn a little while down the interstate and he didn't get off. We just kept going. And so I thought, man, you know, you know, maybe he knows something. I mean, he's been on these roads a lot more than I have, so he probably knows something I don't know. So I just kept driving the bus, just happy as could be, following the hero up there, Mark Tramp. Well, about 30 miles past the exit, I thought, you know what? I hate to even think this, but what if he missed it? So I grabbed my phone and I called him. I said, I said, hey, uh, he said, hey, John. I said, hey, man, that the exit was about 30 miles back according to my GPS, but you know, I, you probably know exactly where you're at. He said, oh yeah. He said, he said I, I don't get off there. He said, there's a shortcut up here. He said, just stay with me and we'll take that shortcut. So I hung up the phone and once again, my faith was boosted in my hero. I thought, man, here he is out here. I look on the map and I don't even see a road up there, but he knows there's a shortcut. So about 70 miles down the interstate past the exit, he calls me, you know, John, that was our exit. I missed it. So I thought inside my heart sunk, you know, cause by this time, I mean, we were already supposed to be there at where we were going here. We are 70 miles past the exit. So I, he said, we'll have to turn around. I said, okay. So we turned around 70 miles back and I've got a graph that shows our route on my phone. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's there. And so we go back, get off that exit. And I thought, well, okay, now we're back on the right track. Now we're, now we're just about an hour and a half away from where we're going. Uh, it's getting to be three, four o'clock in the morning here. So we go on down and there's another, the next place we're supposed to get off the next exit right on past it. Oh man, I didn't know what to think then. So I didn't even say anything this time. I didn't call him or nothing. I just stayed 
right in there behind him. So we go another 15, 20 miles and I see him put on his turn signal and we make a U-turn and we headed back. And I'll be honest, Brother Danny, I started feeling sorry for him. <laughs> I started thinking, man, this, you know, he's, he's been out here a long time. He's probably tired tonight. But let's, let's get to the reality of the situation. You were a lot like this right here. He had I you. Was. Absolutely. And so, so we get almost to the Walmart then, and it's 6 o'clock in the morning. We were supposed to get there about 1.30, 2 o'clock. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. The sun's coming up. Mm -hmm. We have been driving all night long, and he makes another wrong turn, and I said, forget it. I, I'm going to Walmart. I know where it's at. So I went up there and parked. And they came pulling in. I'm sitting there doing my logbook, and they came pulling in, and I wouldn't even look up at him because uh, I was—I just felt sorry for him. I was so embarrassed for him, you know, that we had driven around all night long. And so the next morning, there's a hymn sing to her. So the next morning, uh, we get to the church to set up, and I walked in the front doors, and he's just standing there with that grin. Mm -hmm. And anyone who knows Mark Trammell, you know that grin. Know the grin. And as soon as I looked at his face, I thought, he got me. And one, one of the greatest pranks, man, he drove all night long just to get me, just to prank me. So uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. And, 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 the, and the thing about it, all of us who know Mark know, you got off. <laughs> you really did. He was very <laughs> keen to you. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So, yeah, that was an interesting time. But that also means that the, there's another one he's got planned for you sooner or later. Oh, I have no doubt about that. And, and like I said, Brother Danny, everyone that knows me knows I fall into that innocent category. So I'm sure I'll, I'll get it again. I just, that's just who I am. Yeah, when you least expect it. So what's on the horizon for uh, Greater Vision? Once things loosen up a little bit, is there a new album in the works? What, 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 what's going on? Yes, sir. I know we're coming up on celebrating a big celebration of our 30th year. Um, and I'm not sure what all that will entail. You know, we're still trying to figure all that out. Gerald's got a lot of ideas um, that he's that he's working on. I know there'll be another album coming soon. We have five more songs that we recorded for. We recorded 15 songs for our last album. We picked 10 and put them on there. And then we held five over for the next one. So we've already got five songs done, new, new, brand new songs. And I think we'll probably, uh, from what Gerald's saying, we'll probably end up re-recording some old, uh, most requested Greater Vision songs, putting them together. So not sure about that yet, but I think we'll be in the studio real soon uh, working on some of that stuff. Well, well, speaking of most requested Greater Vision songs, do you have a favorite Greater Vision song that you even before you got here, is there a song that just really jumps out at you? That, is, wow, you know, that's a hard question because, I mean, it's the list of great songs by Greater Vision is, is un, unbelievable. But my, I think I, if I had to pick one, there is not one song we sing in a night where I think, okay, here we go in three or four minutes and this one will be over. And, and that's, there's not one like that. I love singing every one of them. And, but the song, He'll Carry Me, that Rodney Griffin wrote, that is just, man, that's just gotta be one of my favorite songs to sing. And I love, I just, what a powerful song, the message of that song. Every time I sing it, man, my back, the hair stands up on the back of my neck every time, you know, it's just so incredible. So I, that, that'd probably be the one I'd pick. Well, you're surrounded by two great songwriters in Rodney and Chris. Gerald yes, also contributed to a few songs along the way. 
Yes, sir. Uh, any songwriting uh, news from John Epley? Well, one of the songs actually that, that we've already recorded that'll be on this next album, I did write. Uh, so I don't write a lot of songs. I wrote one that was on an Inspirations album. Um, and I wrote, my wife and I have written a few that we've recorded. And I wrote this one that'll be on Greater Visions album. So I don't have, I'm not one of these people like these guys that they just sit down and they just write songs, write songs. I just can't do that. I don't have that gift. But every once in a while, the Lord gives me a thought and, and uh, we can turn it into a song. And I always enjoy that. All right. Our guest today on Danny's Diary has been John Epley of Greater Vision. Anything you want to say, John, before we leave? Hey, I just want to say I appreciate you. And a lot of people probably, you know, they see you, your articles in the singing news, but they probably don't realize how hard you work too, Brother Danny. And I know, I know because I see you in Texas and then I'll see you in Pennsylvania. And then, so I know you are out there burning up the roads on top of doing these kind of things, on top of writing, on top of being an editor. So thank you for all your hard work for gospel music. You are vital to this music and we appreciate it. Oh, you're very kind. I appreciate it. Hey folks, don't forget if you are not subscribing to Singing News Magazine, you need to do that. I mean, you got to keep up with John Epley for one reason. Hey. Uh, album reviews, concert information, everything it can be talked about in the world of Southern gospel music. There's a good chance you're going to read about it in Singing News. So 800-527-5226 or singingnews.com. Our guest today again has been John Epley. John, thanks for dropping by. Thank you. Appreciate it.